This, this, this is you. K U T. K U T. Austin. Stop. I used to get mad at my Welcome to Higher Ed, KUT's podcast focusing on issues of higher education, lifelong learning, and exercising the brain. I'm Jennifer Staten with KUT 90.5, Austin's NPR station, talking as always with Dr. Ed Berger, president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. Hello, Ed. Hello, Jennifer. How are you today? Well, I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you? I'm fine. Good to be with you as always. It is always great to be with you. And I'm especially excited today because we have another uh, topic idea from a listener. Oh, great. And by the way, before we proceed with that, I should remind people that if you have a topic that you would like us to discuss in a future episode of Higher Ed, the the best way to let us know is just email it to me. My email address is jstaton. That's J S. T-A-Y-T-O-N at K-U-T dot org. Staten at K-U-T dot org. Just email me you know, a brief description of your idea for a topic, and we will consider that for a future episode. So let me read an email we received a few weeks ago okay. from a listener, and we will, uh, we will take on this topic. So Gustavo writes, I listen to the podcast from abroad. I have a degree in education and a personal interest in the field of higher education. I have been following with concern the development of what, for some people, including me, is considered to be a dangerous trait in some American universities. I am talking about the proliferation of the so-called trigger warnings, safe spaces, and demonstrations that aim to force administrators to cancel an invitation to a speaker because their ideas are controversial. I would like to know Ed's take on this matter. Thank you, Gustavo. So, Gustavo, thank you for the email. Certainly, there there's a lot going on here, and that's a yeah. it's a large topic that certainly in one episode we will not be able to delve into all that is going on there. But. Well, I'm not even sure if there's a number of episodes that would really be able to handle this because, I mean, these are very complicated issues that we're talking about, and well, that that he's talking about, and. Uh, and I don't know if there are generic uh, responses that that are meaningful that would kind of engage uh, w- with all of these things. Well, one one I think interesting way into the discussion is to just lay out some of those issues on the table. So, if an institution is faced with something like this, or somebody's trying to make a decision, or just looking at a situation like this, what are all the things that come up and what are all the factors at play when a situation like this arises? Well, first of all, on, uh, there are you know different types of institutions. That's the first thing that's important. The most uh, easily uh, bifurcation is public versus private. So if you're at a public institution, actually the laws that dictate are quite different than at a private institution. Um, Southwestern University is, is a private undergraduate institution. So we have the luxury of uh, inviting people who we want on this campus and the luxury of not uh, being forced to bring on people that we might not want to bring on, which a publics uh, sometimes have to do. And a lot of the real big uh, issues and the stories of the past few years where you see some kind of uh, speaker come on and, and generate all sorts of chaos uh, usually are at uh, public institutions because 
by law they have the right to, to be there. Um, so that that's the first thing. I here's some of the complexity. You you want to have uh, kind of free discourse of ideas. If, if you can't have uh, opposing perspectives and engaging in debate and dialogue at a university or college, then then I don't know. Then we don't ex- we don't need to exist anymore. Well, certainly free discourse, and as we've talked about before, you hope it's also civil. Right. I mean, and and that uh, even that phrase is now uh, has been politicized. And so, you know, what does civil mean? It it doesn't mean that you uh, need to, that you have to be uh, hateful and then and then put up with hateful. I I talk about uh, thoughtful voices, uh, but the, the the being thoughtful and being controversial are separate things. But but being thoughtful and being hateful. I think are different things, but but even there, you know, where exactly is that line? Is it well defined? Um, you know, it's kind of like what a Supreme Court justice said many many years ago about pornography, right? I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. Well, in some sense, I think that some of these issues are in that same category, where it's not clear how to create a hard and fast rule. There's also, I'd say, a difference between what goes on in the classroom. Where a student is expected to attend if that person's in the class versus a lecture on campus where a person doesn't have to attend. So if someone's coming and let's say is a, a thoughtful speaker but in fact uh, might be saying things that, that are, are not resonating with you, A, you, you don't have to attend if you don't want to. But but B, I would wonder, you know, why you're not attending and why aren't you going there with the kind of mindset that that one wants to instill, which is to go and and listen and and learn. I'm not saying that you have to now agree with the person, but but learn about your own perspective, learn about that person's perspective, and 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 be in by be stimulated by ideas. Well, and I think that raises a really interesting issue too that I would put on the list of issues that are generated when this comes up, which is sure. that. What does it mean to a issue such an invitation and b then actually attend? So there, you know, we hear that phrase, or you know, vote with your feet, or you know, vote with your voice, or whatever. So, in other words, there may be a student and an institution where a controversial speaker has been invited who says, "I'm not going to go to that. I don't want to show support for X, Y, or Z speaker. I don't want anybody to think that I agree with that speaker, and I I want the administration to see that." The audience is smaller Mm -hmm. and therefore, you know, perhaps in the future would not invite that person again. And also, you know, on a larger scale, does it say anything about an institution if they either do or don't invite someone or if they invite someone and then disinvite them? So I would put that on the list of issues, too, is that what kind of statement is either an individual or an institution making either by inviting or not inviting or disinviting? Yeah, and and. I mean, we are living in an age of extremism right now, uh, as we all know, and I think that that also uh, puts a filter uh, on these issues. And I think that if we were living in a place where people uh, would regularly come together with differing perspectives, but in a um, very collegial way, uh, share their thoughts, and, and I'm, and again, I'm thinking, I'm talking about thoughtful perspectives, not hate speech, and not not uh, speech that's designed to provoke um, anger or you know, uh, that's not what I'm talking about. That's performative art, which is a whole separate thing. Which you know, that's a, that's another for another day. But but when we're talking about actual ideas, uh, we are not at a place right now where people that have different thoughtful perspectives 
can come together and really engage with each other. And that, to me, is one of the centerpieces of what uh, an institution of higher learning uh, should be about. Um, And so, you know, we should not – Ideally, and this is not where we are, but we should – ideally, we should not be in a place where by attending, by being an audience member and listening to someone's thoughtful perspective that might in fact uh, be contrary to, to my own perspective. But to just to be sitting in the audience and listening somehow is a, an endorsement. That's not appropriate, I think. Uh, just because that we attend something doesn't mean that we're endorsing the thing and and – and to your point, which I think is a thought-provoking point, Jennifer, that you know, let's let's vote with our feet and not show up, and that well, but to me, then I mean, depending again what the event is, but assuming that it's not hate speech, uh, well, then then that's a little bit bothersome because the point of this experience is to expose ourselves to different ideas and then debate them and and pursue that. Well, and what I think is fascinating about that is what immediately comes to mind as you discuss that is something that actually on the surface doesn't have a lot to do with this question, but which is that proliferation of media options and social media and what that has done to our choice of how we seek out information and what information we choose to seek out. That's right. Because now, you know, you can pretty much keep yourself in an echo chamber of ideas that are just like yours. As opposed to, huh, you know, I don't uh, – that's not something that I normally would support. But I, I kind of want to find out more where that person's coming from. I think I'm going to go. I think when there were fewer media and presentation options, and I'm thinking back to our college days decades ago, <laughs> that was an easier choice to make. And I think now people are sometimes more inclined to go, I'm going to stick with what I know. I'm going to stick with what's comfortable I'm going to stick with what's familiar and what I support. And now there are all these places I can do that. Yeah, you know, that's a a romantic, um, nostalgic look back. And I don't know. I mean, I went to school even before you did. And I would say that I'm not sure that, you know, I think things are worse today than they were when I was in school. But I I think the same construct uh, revealed itself then, which is if I go to that event or that speaker, will that label me? I mean, it's all about labels. And and wouldn't it be wonderful if we lived in a world where, in fact, um, the the labels could be lifted or they could be temporary or you could kind of experiment with labels and it's almost the labels are post-it notes. You can put them on, take them off, and, and they're not permanent uh, like, like a tattoo. Uh, and so that people would understand that if they see me marching into um, a, a lecture hall to hear a particular speaker, it doesn't say anything about my religious leanings, my political leanings, my philosophical leanings, my, you know, kind of aesthetic leanings. But it just says that, wow, he, he's open to engage in that line of thought. And I wonder what his conclusions will be. And then, you know, Find me and ask me, hey, what did, Ed, what did you think about that? So I have a question about conclusions. Yeah. Uh, last week's puzzler. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I am led to believe by words that were used right. coming in my direction last week that I did not get the correct answer. Well, I, I, didn't, I will not <laughs> confirm or deny that. The, the puzzler is for people that remember that. So my mom has four children, and the names of those children are April, May, June and the question is what's the name of the fourth child? And I so what I said first is well that's an obvious one. I said July 
And then I said, well, wait a minute. That's not really a name that we traditionally associate as a given name. I said, what about autumn? What about summer? I got nothing. Okay. I got nothing from across the table. And here. I've and I've got to be honest <laughs> with you. I've kind of uh, rigged the deck and, and maybe listeners um, hearing it a second time will, will have figured out the answer if they didn't figure it out the first time. No, go ahead. I think I may have just, but go ahead. I'm going to read it very slowly now. Yes. My mother yeah. has four I children. That this time. Their I didn't names catch it the are first time. April, May, June, and Ed. That's correct. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, can we take a brief break here while I uh, berate my partner? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, ca- I no, this is that's so interesting. Fun. I didn't catch it the first time, but when I, you said were reading it this time, I said it very quickly. And I try to say it quickly this time too. I, because I, I said it slowly, that. yeah. Okay. No, I love that. All right. And I mean, actually, I like I like a lot of things about that puzzler. One of the things I really like, though, is you have to slow down. Mm-hmm. You have to pay attention. Yep. And words mean something. Words matter. Mindfulness is is also key. But and this gets back to the the topic that words it does. matter. And and let me just throw out since we're cutting to the end, I can even throw out a more controversial thought, which is you know. Uh, in the email from our listener abroad, he mentions disinviting speakers. Well, you know, boy, that is a really uh, interesting issue today. I mean, so I'll just throw out a scenario where, you know, there is – I don't have an answer because it's a hypothetical. But suppose you, you're inviting out a really um, big name speaker like a celebrity to, to give a, a talk. It's a kind of a general kind of talk. And let's say that, you know, three weeks before that visit – um, it turns out that something you know uh, unpleasant is revealed about that celebrity, and in an age of you know Me Too and issues about people coming forward uh, about sexual assault or, or all kinds of issues, not just uh, in that particular realm, then what do you do? Do you now disinvite that person uh, because you know? And so, how complicated these issues are today, and and I think that it's good. That we are exposing the fact that we are all uh, multifaceted people, and and there are you know we have these you know good points and bad points, and and now I think for the first time individuals you know bad side when they're significant and serious are are no longer being swept under the rug, and and I think that actually is progress. But I do believe that we're in we are at this inflection point of. Of social and and cultural change, where I, I think we're still trying to f- figure out those very difficult waters and and um, and try to move forward. And I, and I think it's I think it's actually progress, and I'm excited about it. But we are living in a very interesting moment of change, where the dynamic I think even 20 years from now uh, will will seem a lot clearer to us than it does today. Well, and certainly a set of topics to be continued. As thinking and events always are evolving Absolutely. in these arenas. Dr. Ed Berger is president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. You can find out more at southwestern.edu. And you can keep your brain busy by keeping up with the news and other episodes of Higher Ed at KUT.org and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jennifer Staten, KUT News. Mm-hmm.